to you, Jesus. Completely depending on you, God. We open our hearts, Lord, as we prepare ourselves to receive the word that you have for us today. Thank you, Lord, that you're always with us, that your presence is always with, with us. We thank you. We thank you that you've heard us, and we thank you that you love us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we thank our worship team this morning for leading us in worship and song? Well, welcome back. I hope you're happy to be back and excited to be back. You were missed. Some exciting things have developed since you were away. Uh, maybe this happened before you left and I just didn't notice, but a Five Guys Burgers and a Starbucks opened in Quincy. Another one. Uh, that's a gift from God. Uh, for some of you, others it's not. And there's also a Cadoba there. And um, so I'm struggling. If they open a Cold Stone there, I'm just going to move there and live there. That's probably what I'm going to do. Uh, but that's over by the mall, so that's exciting. And, but we also, um, even more exciting than that, even more exciting than Five Guys Burgers, is the fact that we have several new students uh, that are now part of this community. Can you please welcome them? And it is good to have you to be a part of our community. Uh, Stanley Porter, for those who are new, Stanley Porter was leading the community. He's our uh, music ministry coordinator for chapel teams and does a great job. And I, I just thank, I'm thankful for him and his presence and his ministry here and uh, all of those that help contribute to this time of worship. This past Sunday on the church calendar was what's known as Epiphany Sunday. Some of your churches or traditions, depending upon what part of the world your church may have come from, may have different names for Three Kings Day. 12th day, and though there are many cultural and denominational customs and differences with it, kind of an overall emphasis or thought or thinking or teaching about it is the celebration of the manifestation of God in the form of Jesus Christ. The celebration of the fact that God has come through His Son, Jesus Christ, and is with us and lives among us. It's a day to celebrate, a a day to recognize in this journey that God truly is with us. Advent was a time for preparing a time for the preparing of coming of the Christ child. And, and now we move into the church calendar a little further past Epiphany. And this Sunday is known as the Baptism of Jesus Sunday. And this great, rich tradition within the church. And how great and wonderful this past Sunday was for Epiphany Sunday. And the Old Testament text for this week is found in Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 7, if you want to follow along. Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 7. Hear the word of the Lord. But now, O Israel, the Lord who created you says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters and great trouble, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt, Ethiopia, and Sebia as a ransom for your freedom. Others die that you may live. I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me. You are honored and I love you. Do not be afraid. For I am with you. 
I will gather you and your children from east and west, from north and south. I will bring my sons and daughters back to Israel from the distant corners of the earth. All who claim me as their God will come, for I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. This is the word of the Lord. Heavenly Father, your word has been spoken. And to say there was not conviction as I prepared this message would be misleading. For I know I often live in fear. So now as you call me, as you call us, as you call this community to not be afraid, may we hear your words, receive and embrace them and be forever changed. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Several of you are afraid. You battle with fear maybe every day of your life. For seniors, you're starting to get afraid, some of you, of graduation. What will the next step in life be? Some of you are celebrating and have already checked out mentally. We're a little worried about you. You still have some classes to attend. Please don't forget that. But as transitions in life come, we we get nervous, we get worried because we don't like change. Yet God tells us, do not be afraid. So if you know that God tells us not to be afraid, why are you fearful? As we look at the films that came out this uh, past Christmas season, and uh, let's just see uh, what was the best film of the Christmas season. I agree. Thank you for voting. That's good. But two of the ones you've mentioned, you see fear taking place in the main character. Jean Valjean, afraid uh, um, that... (laughs) I I should have written this down. Uh, Javert, Jean Valjean was afraid that Javert was going to find him out. And he's, he's carrying that fear throughout the story, throughout the film. Bilbo is afraid to go on the journey. Bilbo... Is that right? Yes. Bilbo is afraid... Bilbo's afraid to go on the journey. He doesn't know what to expect, so he's afraid. And there is one movie that uh, we, my wife and I probably won't go see, but we love the title because we feel it applies to our life. But we're, we, we probably won't end up seeing it. It's called This is 40. <laughs> and uh, because I'm 41 and my wife is, uh, is 40, she doesn't mind me sharing that. Uh, there is fear that comes, there is fear that, I know, I don't look older than 39, thank you. I, there is fear, there is fear that comes with getting older, and it's happening in small ways, like ways I never expected it. It happened recently, I, there's this cologne I've been wearing for years, and, and body wash is called Cool Water. And I've, I've, what's up, Sydney? what's up with that? Why, yeah, all right. Amen. So I, I used to get that from Macy's, and so I went to Macy's recently and asked the cologne girl, I don't know what you call her, I, I said, uh, uh, can you have cool water? And she looks at me and she laughs in my face, she's like, we don't carry cool water anymore. <laughs> and uh, so that was a little disappointing, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, you don't, don't carry cool water anymore. And I'm not exaggerating, I found it at CVS in Wichita, Kansas, uh, it was like $9 for a gallon. Uh, so... To, 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 that, that is a sign to me. I didn't expect something like that, that, that now I'm at that age where I get my cologne from CVS. It's, it's a sign that I'm getting old and I don't like it and I'm, I'm afraid. And uh, A friend of mine, I didn't quote this. This is not my quote, but another friend who's in his 40s. This was his quote, not mine. He says, the older you get, the faster your nose hair grows. It's probably true. 
And it's these little things that, that remind us that we're getting old. You're not there yet, I know, but, but these are some of the fears that, that I have. So whether it's graduating or, or fear of being find, found out or, or fear of the journey, what lies ahead, the journey that God is calling us to, or the, 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 the fear of just getting older, these are things that can overwhelm us, yet God says, do not be afraid. But then life can bring even more challenges and, and questions. And, and as I prayed, I was a little convicted was preparing because I'm afraid for my I'm afraid for my little friend Thomas who's seven years old he's the son of a dear dear friend of mine who attended ENC with me and he's had a, a kidney disease uh, there's a, a sickness called FSGS and it's destroyed his kidney and for years he's been on dialysis and we've been praying for him and praying for a donor and we just give God praise that a member of his church looks like he's in his, his 40s an older gentleman has gave him his kidney over Christmas break donated a kidney. And, and just, just celebrating that and just giving praise for this. I don't know this man, but I love this guy, obviously, that he gave Thomas his kidney. But two days after he received the kidney um, earlier this week, they discovered that that sickness, that FSGS, is, is now attacking the new kidney. They thought that it was gone, and, and, and they, thought that all was, they thought all was well. And, but now there is this fear that it's going to destroy this this new kidney. And so uh, Monday and yesterday, today and tomorrow, he's going through treatment and they think they can get it. They, they think they can clear his body of this. And if he comes to mind, will you keep him in prayer? And I'm afraid, but I'm just a friend. Can you imagine what his parents are going through? They're tired and they're exhausted. And his mother emailed a few of us asking for prayer, saying, I no longer can pray. I'm so tired. I'm so worn out, and I'm afraid. Yet God says, do not be afraid. So what do we do with that? How can we not live in fear when things of this world and life happen to us that that change the way we think and function and change the way or even think before I drop my kids off at school? For after we went our separate ways for winter break, a young man not much older than you walked into an elementary school in Connecticut and took the lives of 20 children and six educators. How can we not live in fear? But God says, do not be afraid. The Israelites in this 43rd chapter we mustn't miss this, miss what they're in the midst of, for they too are afraid, and they are in some really bad circumstances. Their whole world has died. What has happened was that the world's great superpower, Babylon, has recently marched on their home, the city of Jerusalem. It's crushed it and left it for ruins. Many Jews were taken back to Babylon as war prisoners. So chances are most Jews had lost a family member to death, or, or they were kidnapped and are now a slave. And they're sitting by the rivers of Babylon, weeping. And then, just when you think it couldn't get any more difficult, things got worse. For now, a new power is rising up. Persia arose up in the east, and they were preparing to go against Babylon now. Now, once again, the Jews were in harm's way in the middle of a war zone. Babylon was sure to be destroyed. Warfare swept the city and the the people of God, what would become of this weak and frightened little colony of of Jews? 
These are great verses that we hold on to. Do not be afraid. And it helps to dig a little deeper to see what they're actually in the midst of. They understood fear. So in the midst of all of that, in the midst of all that they're going through, this moment of great crisis, this is the word of the Lord to them. Do not be afraid, for I'm with you. For I'm with you. Dr. Thomas Long, professor of preaching at Candler School of Theology, writes, If I had to put the gospel of Jesus Christ into one phrase, I think it might be, do not be afraid. It is what the angel said to the shepherds in Bethlehem when Jesus was born, do not be afraid. It is the first word the angel spoke on Easter morning, do not be afraid. It is what the risen Christ said to his disciples, do not be afraid. For I am with you always. Do not be afraid. Our God tells us to not be afraid, for he is always with us. But not only that, this is a God who knows our name. I have called you by name. You are mine. This is a God who knows our name, the number of hairs on our head. The God who remembers you and does not forget you. The God who, even when the winds howl and the seas roar, listens to your voice and hears your cry. And says to each of us, do not be afraid. I know you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And even in a deeper way, when we are baptized, God holds us close and says, I know this one. I called this one by name. This one belongs to me. Fear not. I know you by name. You are mine. So in chapel on Friday, we're going to have a baptism where four of your fellow students are going to be baptized, and you play a significant, important role in that. And I would ask that you be here Friday because you play a crucial role in that. But there's also going to be a time where you can reaffirm your baptism, not through the waters, but by coming forward through a prayer of blessing. But the symbolism of baptism, of dying and rising with Christ, we die to ourselves and we are risen with Christ and we are His. We do not need to be afraid. He is with us. And so to confess, though, I am worried and concerned and even am afraid. God knows Thomas. He knows this little boy who has been suffering. He has heard the cries of his mother and his father. And though we cannot understand why this disease continues to take his body, God calls us to not be afraid. Jerry Sitzer, professor of theology at Whitworth University in Spokane, Washington, wrote a book several years ago called A Grace Disguised. It tells the story of a tragic accident that he was in, and his wife, his mother, and young daughter were killed in the accident. Three generations of women in his life killed in a moment. He had three children that survived that accident. In this book, A Grace Disguised, he talks about how while most of us will not experience such a catastrophic loss, and he does not believe in comparing losses. He's very adamant about saying, don't don't compare losses. We all go through loss. We all go through heartbreak and pain. So I don't write my story to make it look like mine is harder or bigger than yours. We all have to go through loss. He's very adamant about making that point. For we'll all experience loss in our lifetime. All of us will taste it. And this book plums the depths of the sorrow that he went through. 
And we all go through loss, whether illness or divorce or the loss of someone we love, the ending of a relationship. The circumstances are not important. What we do with those circumstances is. It is in coming to the end of ourselves we come to the beginning of a new life. One marked by spiritual depth, joy, compassion, and a deeper appreciation of the simple blessings of life. Sitza writes, each of us has a life story in God. For those that have accepted Christ as Savior, those who have been baptized, each of us has a life story in which God's larger story of of redemption has manifested itself. So God's larger story of, of redemption, of calling people back, is lived through your life. It's lived through your life. God advances His kingdom through your life. Sitsa goes on to say, it's part of that larger story. In that moment, during that accident, I have no idea what was happening. I have no idea what God is trying to do through this. I have no idea what God's plans are for this horrific event. But this tragic event does not stand on its own or exist unto itself. No, there is a greater story at work. For now, I must live in the painful silence. It is enough for me to know there is a story of God at work here that I cannot make sense of this side of heaven. It is not my story. It is God's story. Maybe you have experienced loss. And we have a grief share group. If you want to be a part of that, we want to journey with you. Maybe you'd like to read Dr. Sitzer's book after he went through this terrible loss. And that's a whole series of sermons and groups we could discuss about dealing with loss and tragedy. But I share his story with you today. I share his story with you today because when you see someone that has gone through great trials and tribulations, that can still come out the other side and testify to the goodness and glory of God. It can be a reminder to us that we do not need to be afraid. It can be a reminder to us that we are not alone. It can be a reminder to us that God is with us, that God knows our name. I like the illustration he uses to help capture his thought. The car accident and its aftermath, good and bad, are but one pane in a multicolored window of life. The stained glass that God has shaped and formed, through through which the light of a much greater story shines. It's just one pane of this incredible stained glass window that God is putting together of his life as the light of Christ shines through his life. So when we hear these stories, whether it's Jerry Sitzer or do you remember Dr. Daisy Dow when she spoke last semester? She talked about how she's not afraid to lose her life because she knows that she's not leaving this earth till God says it's time for her to leave this earth. And so she walks faithfully, trusting in him. Shortly before we went our separate ways for break, we had a candlelight Christmas chapel in Angel Chapel. And the verse was, a light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. 
And that day when we heard the reports coming out of Connecticut and Newtown, Connecticut, and Sandy Hook Elementary School, that's the only thought that kept going through my mind. The only verse. There is a light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. God is with us. God is with us through His Son, Jesus Christ. And that is what we celebrated at Epiphany. And as we go through the church calendar, and we're going to go on to Easter Sunday, and, and then on to Pentecost. And we continue as a church, as, as a Christian body, to be reminded that God has not left us. God has not forsaken us. And because God has not left, left us, because God is with us through His Son, Jesus Christ, because a light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it, because of that story, we do not need to be afraid. God is with us. I'm not calling you to not be afraid because I'm always living that way, I confess. I actually am up at nights worrying and losing sleep over things, as I'm sure some of you are, but from time to time. But just because I'm living that way sometimes, just because I'm struggling with that in my spiritual life, (laughs) that doesn't mean it's the way we're supposed to be living. That doesn't mean it's the way I'm supposed to be living. For the truth of the matter is, is that God is with us. God is in control. And we do not need to be afraid. Look through the stories of Scripture. Whether it's the people of Israel, or whether it's the gospel message where over and over Dr. Long says it's about do not be afraid. As we look through those Scriptures and we we hear these verses of encouragement and comfort, Nowhere, and and someone can help me if I'm wrong, you can point out a verse if I've missed it. Nowhere does God give us one verse to explain why these terrible things happen. There is not one verse to to, to fully capture the the pain or, or why is God absent or so it seems at moments like in elementary schools or when Thomas is going through this battle. Why isn't God answering? There aren't those, at least for me, those verses that just answer all of that. But what we do see, and what this season reminds us of, what Epiphany reminds us of, what the baptism of Jesus reminds us of, what the baptisms that we're going to have on Friday remind us of, is that we serve a God that does not, in the text necessarily, explain all the evil, explain why He doesn't always answer the way we'd like. Instead, we see a God who enters into the very midst of evil. We see a God who enters into the very midst of our brokenness it upon himself. We see a God who enters into the very midst of sin and evilness and brokenness and pain and sorrow and grief. We see a God that enters into that through the Son, Jesus Christ, and redeems it and gains victory over it. So we do not need to be afraid. Victory is won. God has won. So you will not always have the answers. Dr. Sitzer, as he writes his book, does not try to explain why this had to happen or why God couldn't do something else or why God didn't act in another way. We won't always have those answers, but we can be assured and know that God is with us. We do not need to be afraid. So if the relationship has ended, do not be afraid. If disease has entered your home, Do not be afraid, for God says, I am with you. If the bills are high and the money is low, God says, do not be afraid, for I am with you. If you don't know what the future holds, 
God says, do not be afraid, for I am with you. In a moment, students are going to come and help us serve communion. As they serve the elements, I'm going to ask that you hold the elements, and then Jenny's going to come and lead us to partake of the elements together. And there's going to be a video that's playing by a song I recently heard. I think the band is called Cloverton. And they took a song called Hallelujah, which was originally written by a gentleman named Leonard Cohen in the early 80s. They've taken it and rewritten the verses. They've kept the chorus, but have rewritten the verses to tell the full Christmas story. But in the last verse, they take it to the cross. The last verse, they take it to the cross of Christ. And, And we take these elements today to remember that God is with us, that God gave his life for us, that God has died for us. And these elements remind us of that. No, we do not need to be afraid. So I stand before you today saying, do not follow my example. Pray for me as I pray for you. Because there are things in my life where fear has held me captive far too long. And Pastor Porter proclaimed it earlier in many different ways. God wants to set us free. And he wants to set you free to live in a way so you do not need to be afraid. For God is with you and knows you by name. May the communion service come at this time and help us serve the community. himself ordained this holy sacrament. He commanded his disciples to partake of the bread and wine, emblems of his broken body and shed blood. This is his table. The feast is for his disciples. Let all those who have with true repentance forsaken their sins and have believed in Christ unto salvation draw near and take these emblems and by faith partake of the life of Jesus Christ to your soul's comfort and joy. Let us remember that it is in this memorial of the death and passion of our Lord, also a token of his coming again. Let us not forget that we are one at one table with the Lord. And in a moment of silence, um, let us bow and offer our prayers of confession to the Lord. Lord, may we come before you in true humility and faith as we partake of this holy sacrament through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was broken for you, preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. Take and eat this in remembrance that Christ died for you. The blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was shed for you, preserve you blameless unto everlasting life. Drink this in remembrance that Christ's blood was shed for you, and be thankful. And now, may God send us out to do the work he has given us to do, to love and serve one another as faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord. You are dismissed. Go in peace.